You're listening to Brazen Bookworms, Unrighteous Reading Rebellion, a reformed book snob's journey and musings through all things romance. Some language may not be safe for all ears. Frequent use of sarcasm may occur. <laughs> so want to welcome Patricia D. Eddy uh, for joining us tonight. And uh, the background on this is Patricia posted something on her Facebook page about if people only knew all of the things that authors did that had nothing to do with authoring or something like that. And I was like, oh, oh, we need to talk about that because it is something that we talk about, but it's not something that we talk about. So I was like, okay, I think we need to do that. <laughs> as a podcast. So Patricia, welcome. Thank you for joining us. And um, tell us a little bit about you, who you are, what you do, all the things. So I am Patricia D. Eddy. I am an author of um, military, post-military romantic suspense and paranormal romance and BDSM romance. I live out in Seattle. I've been writing and publishing um, just about 10 years now. Um, Well, I've been writing all my life. I've been publishing fiction for 10 years now. And um, that's mostly me. Um, I, again, I live in Seattle, husband, I have three very spoiled cats, uh, who are basically my kids and run ragged around the house. And uh, I also have a day job. Uh, I am, I I write uh, UX content, which is user experience content. So I work for a big software company. And so UX content is like the things that you see on the screen when you're using different pieces of software. So I do that for my nine to five. So you have a nine to five. And then after your nine to five, you have another nine to five. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yep. so that That's just as intense and takes up quite a bit of time. Um, yes. So you're an indie author and there's a lot of you know, question out there about people have always asked was what's an indie author versus a traditionally published author. So talk to us a little bit about why you are an, considered an indie author, what that means to you, why you chose to go that route. So an, an indie author basically just means that I do not have a large publishing house behind me. Uh, so, and, and really, I mean, actually it could be a small publishing house too. There are, there are more than there used to be. Years ago, it used to be basically the big five and I could not even name all five of them if I tried, but but the big five, like you hear people talk about the big five, that big traditional publishers. And I decided to go independent because, well, for a couple of reasons. Um, first of all, when you're independent, you you control everything. And that that's good and it's bad. Like there are there are lots of benefits to that. And there are a few things that, you know, maybe are not the best um, part of why we're here today. But I I went indie because I I wanted to write the stories that I wanted to write. And um, traditional publishing, traditional publishing is a wonderful way to go. If if you are a new author and you are contemplating trad pub, go for it. I mean, there are a lot of benefits to it, but trad pub is also sometimes can be hard to get into. And a lot of times they have very specific needs and requirements based on what they think they can market. And like at one point early in my career, um, vampires were quote unquote out and shifters were in. And that just happened to be right at the time I was writing a vampire book. 
And so it's things like that that can sometimes make it a lot more attractive and easier to go indie because you can write what you want to write when you want to write it, publish it when you want to publish it. Um, you don't necessarily have to wait. Uh, a number of my traditionally published friends, uh, they will turn in a manuscript and it will not be in readers' hands for 18 months. When I finish a manuscript and my editor finishes with it and it's ready to go, I can release it whenever I want to. Mm -hmm. And there's, there's a lot about that that to me is just really attractive. I have final say over my covers. I have final say over my titles. Um, nobody other than my editors are going to tell me you have to change this. Uh, because, you know, one reason or another. So for me, it just seemed like um, a lot more flexible, but also just a lot freer um, to be able, for me to be able to do what I wanted with my stories and my characters. I love it. So, and I apologize if my screen went a little wonky a couple minutes ago I don't know what happened but I'm having some little screen issues and every now and then I'm looking this way because that's where my questions are so yeah. I'm not like zoning out Same. it's like oh wait question question um okay so how well, you, have you always written um romance you've been writing for 10 years yes. indie it's always been romance and yes. was trying to think of like the way to question the word this it's not like was that intentional what what, <laughs> what what led you to write romance like what was the impetus for that I don't know that it was really a conscious decision so much as that those are the plots that came to me and those are the characters that came to me um I I do have a couple of ideas for thrillers uh that at some point I do hope to write but Everything that I have, every idea that I've gotten, every set of characters that have come into my head have told me that they want to be, they want to be a romance, that they they want to fall in love. And I also just really love the idea of falling in love and, and getting to know the other person in that romantic way. Um, you know, I have I have a lot of friendships in my books too, and I love that portion of it as well. But yeah, all the characters who have demanded that I tell their stories have all been, no, we want to find, we want to find love. We want to be in love. I love that. I love that you talk about your characters talk to you because that's something I hear from like so many authors is I write the story that they're telling me. It's not like I'm making this up as I go. It's it's they're telling it to me and I am just the scribe. Yep, so, exactly. exactly. I love that. So um, I'm sorry, again, I'm looking at my questions because otherwise I'll go off the rails. Um, they, they know that. And just making sure I've got all of the details here and Ron you had a question oh um so you made the decision to go in the what what are the drawbacks you said that oh lots of options really um one of the like I mentioned I get to I have final say over my own covers but that also means I have to pick my cover model and as fun as that may sound, by the time you have written 50 books, 
it can get a little tedious. There are a lot of models out there and a lot of it's it's just it's a lot of endless scrolling through stock photo sites and then custom you know photographers websites to go okay well which which picture and and then maybe like maybe I narrow it down to a particular model and then there's still 30 pictures of him like how mm -hmm. do you pick I like 20 of them 20 of them work for the book which one do I choose so it's things like that that can often be a little overwhelming or just just a lot and and it's not that any of them are bad things I I, I do truly enjoy picking the, the the photographs for my book covers but at the same time when I'm also three days from a deadline and my cover designer emails me and and says oh hey you you booked this cover slot and you know we're really busy so you need to take this cover slot you have to come <laughs> up with a model in three days and occasionally I have not been good enough at, at putting reminders in my calendar to make sure I have a model when my spot is coming up. Um, so it can be things like that that are just, they hit you out of the blue and you just have to, you have to drop everything and you have to do this because otherwise the next cover slot isn't for another six months. So if I don't pick mm -hmm. the cover model tomorrow, I'm going to have to wait six months before I can get another cover, things like that. Cool. Or even so, just, oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, the other thing I was going to add is just things like dealing with dealing with Amazon or dealing with the retailers when something changes or when something happens. There are tons of things that that you can, authors will talk about all over social media when bad things happen, but you know, bad things do okay. occasionally happen, no matter what, even if you've done everything right. Um, you know, you get hit by a bot or your ads suddenly turn off or um, I had one experience where I completely did not realize that my credit card had expired. And so all of my ads turned off because my credit card had expired and I had updated it everywhere except for Facebook. So all of my ads turned off and then then it, it was like, you know, four hours of trying to figure out where exactly to update my credit card because it was not in the place I expected it to be things you know, just weird one-off things like that that can just take so much time so just to circle back because you started with titles or with covers do you where in your process do you write do you do you do your cover do you do it when you're ready to publish do you do it and then write to the title or to the title and cover how where does that fit in your it, it really depends on when my cover designer has openings. So, for example, I have a whole series of covers for two series that I have not even started writing yet because I, I was in 2022, I was very, very optimistic at, about how many books I would write. <laughs> and uh, so I booked a whole bunch of cover slots because I had this plan and then the books took a lot longer than I wanted, but I still had all these cover slots and and I knew that these two other series were coming. So I just did all the covers. So I have I have like six covers for books I have not even announced yet. Um, so usually my covers are done well in advance. Um, it's it is a little easier because I do write interconnected standalones in that. Mm -hmm. I've already introduced characters for the next like five away from keyboard books. So I already know what they look like. I already know 
a little bit about them. And even if I don't know everything about them or I don't know enough to write their story, I at least have some idea of, of who they are and what they would look like and like what emotion I want on the cover. Mm -hmm. So that helps. Okay, thanks. Have you ever written a book because of a photo or a cover? Like you saw it and it just spoke to you like this is, I didn't have it planned, but I'm writing this because this looks like. I, I actually have two pictures that I've already purchased that I've not used on covers that I purchased specifically because I wanted to write books for them. I've not done it yet. I do know what one of the stories will be, or at least one of the, I know the main character for one of the stories. Uh, I, the other one, I have no idea. I just saw the photograph and went, I have to own that and I have to write a book for it eventually. So it will eventually become a book. I love that. Now I can't wait to see it. Now I'm like going to be looking at every cover going, I wonder if that's it. I wonder if that's it. <laughs> well, they are both paranormal romantic. So. They're, oh, they're both PNR? Yes, they're they're both PNR. Um, so when when they come out, um, yeah, you, you don't have to wonder about the AFK, the Awakened Keyboard or the Gone Rogue books, but uh, yeah, paranormal romances. Uh, it's funny. I'm actually, I'm listening to Storm of Sin right now because, you know, I'm trying for Charm City. I'm trying to get through everybody I haven't read yet. And mm -hmm. I started my romance journey reading Paranormal with shifters and aliens and then kind of went to romantic suspense. And I haven't read a PNR in forever. And then I think was it was either like on sale or somebody posted something about storm of sin and somebody said oh and it's jason clark and maxine mitchell and i went sold <laughs> and i said that was me. The next I day. Mean... <laughs> yeah that that narration is uh possibly one of my favorites i mean i love all of them but that one yeah that one is definitely top of my list i didn't want to get out of my car i listened to my car <laughs> i pulled into the driveway and i was like i'm, I'm just I know I have stuff to do, but I'm just going to sit in my car and listen to it for another, oh, there's only six more hours on it. I can got time, but no, <laughs> but I'm loving it. So thank you for getting me back into my, uh, my PNR fix because I haven't read one in a while. So this was like <laughs> perfect. But, um, so and Julie, you've read, what was the first use? The Restrained series. Can you hear me? Oh, there you are. Yeah, you're just a little, just a little bit quiet there, Julie. Okay, can you hear me now? Oh, that's better. Much better. Okay, let me turn you up because I'm deaf. The restraint <laughs> is the one that I yeah, wrote. The, the BDSM. Yeah, I love. need to read that one. And it was so bad. Like when we were talking about, it was your spotlight week. You know. I was a bad girl and had not um, reviewed the book yet. So I went and I was like, I got to refresh my brain. You know, why did I love this? And why do I recommend it to everyone? And so I decided to buy the audiobook. Well, I don't know, 12 hours later. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, Shane East and Elena Wolf. I, you, you can't, I mean, it, it's, Jason Clark and Maxine Mitchell, Shane East and Elena Wolf. Like, I mean, I, how do you, how do you not? Yeah, they were Okay, great. another one click. Um. <laughs> I mean, that's I that's what I'm doing right now. I'm like, I'm, I'm on Amazon buying books. <laughs> yeah. 
it's a great I just <laughs> love it I love that scene. I, I can't believe I this is I'm this is me adding me but I can't believe I haven't read Patricia's work because her field is like my addiction so like all of it is like my sweet spot so I, I, I can't believe I haven't read it yet yeah that's so, what I, I was saying clicked, it's like I just clicked a whole bunch you have 37 <laughs> days right it's a, oh god Susie not the countdown so, but, and an eight-hour car ride I, there I saw it today <laughs> audiobooks are awesome <laughs> i am such a fan and that was the same thing it was like i i was looking at um patricia's backlist and i'm like this is like my candy store it's it's mm -hmm. pnr and it's romantic suspense and it's bdsm and i was like well uh, i can live here i can just live here <laughs> be very very happy living in the backlist because it's it's got all the things and then i was looking at covers when we were doing the spotlight week and i was like i i, I, I don't know what to choose they're so good and then I that's yeah that's when I think we got on the subject of the you know okay we've got it was oh, what was the one I chose I know it was I can't remember the title but it was blue it was a PR immortal one. hunter yes yeah. and I was like I just kept my eye just kept going back to it just kept going back to it just coming back to it and then we were talking about storm of sin and I was like uh, but but uh, yeah so your covers are fantastic. Um, so that's one of those things like we were talking about that people don't understand that there's more to authoring than authoring. There's more than just the writing. And I, I know Ron and Julie are both PAs for authors also, and you guys see what authors go through all the time. So uh, Julie and I were like making a list the other day of all of the things and we had come up with a couple. So what do you handle what are some of the things when you were you made this post patricia and you're like so what were some of the things that were on your mind when you were making when you were posting that that really got you thinking about it oh so let's see i think so i was i was struggling with with connecting with a couple of my characters and so i just i i put the i put the the work in progress aside and i just went and figured i'm just going to do a bunch of admin stuff i'm going to do do the things that I've been on my list for like a month that I just have not gotten done. And I, I think I spent three whole days like doing almost nothing but admin stuff. I, you know, I would scribble out a few story ideas here and there, but well, I mean, three entire nights and well, actually, I think one of them might've been a weekend. Um, but things like uh, I had to set up uh, newsletter templates um, because I, I do I actually do have my PA handle a lot of my newsletter, but at the same time, <clears throat> I'm the one who like, I want it to look a certain way. So I set up the templates for the year and I had this you know, brilliant idea of, oh, I'm going to do a different color header every single month. And okay, well, how am I going to decide that? What colors am I going to use? And so then that was a whole rabbit hole of just, okay, well, is there a color that's associated with each month commonly? It turns out there actually is. So that. Then it was going and finding the color codes for all of those, like random things like that. Um, exporting subscribers uh, from from BookFunnel, from doing you know round robins with or you know exchanges, swaps with other authors, things like that. Um, oh my goodness, let's see what else. What else did I have on the list that was that week? Um, it was uh, I had to communicate with my cover designer about a couple of upcoming projects and see what their availability was. I had to, um, I had to book flights. Um, I was booking flights for something 
not not Charm City because I already had those, but I don't remember what I was booking. I was booking flights for something, um, for something author related, um, another signing, maybe Denver. I I have no idea. Um, but other things, um, I have I have an entire list because I actually went through. I was so exhausted after those few days that I literally went through and went, okay, I need to delegate more of these things. Um, oh, the other thing I was doing, I was uploading audiobooks. So I was uploading um, my my latest audiobook files. And that alone is just, it's, it's so time consuming just because the files are huge. So you have to select them to upload, then you have to wait, then you have to rename the chapters. Like it's, it's stupid things like that, 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 you wouldn't think you would need to do, but you do. So every time I upload a, a, a new audiobook, it's uploading it to three different retailers and making sure the blurb is correct and making sure that I haven't updated the blurb on the ebook, but maybe not the paperback. And then, so I think other things that I did that week, I audited all my paperback prices because they were all slightly different, like a dollar different among all of them because I had never standardized. And I always thought I knew what to price them at, but apparently, again, I was like a dollar off on some of them, random things like that. So it, it's just, there's a lot of things. What what I told my reader group is, hey, I am, I'm doing a whole bunch of things that, that authors are supposed to do. And I just haven't been doing them because I didn't think about them because, or I just didn't have time, or I didn't realize that I could delegate them. That's kind of a big thing also, though, is figuring out what to delegate and, and what you have to do. Um, all right, Julie, this was from you through Janice, and I don't remember who told her this, the only do the things only you can do. Right, I mean, basically, your job is to write books. That is it's the only thing that only you can do. So basically, if it's something that you can hand off, because you can't hand off your writing, right. you, know, you try to hand it off so that, you know, it frees up your time so that you can write more books. Yep. But sometimes it's hard because the handing off can be just as overwhelming <laughs> as doing it yourself. At least it in the in the immediate term because after this like three-day period where i'm just like okay I, I i've got to hand off a lot of this stuff so okay let's just make a list check with my pa what do you feel comfortable doing what don't you feel comfortable doing what do i feel comfortable with you doing because a lot of these things like they require access to accounts and mm -hmm. you know is that something that you're comfortable with not every author is comfortable with handing their their pa access to say, you know, one of their publishing accounts. Um, my, my PAs have been with me for several years now, so I'm, I'm much more comfortable letting them or having them do more. But <clears throat> for the longest time, I went, through, I went through a number of PAs before I found the two that I have now, and, and I would not have been comfortable handing off some of those things. And then it's just writing up the instructions and making sure that I have screenshots and making sure that if my PA has a question that that they know where to find the answer and how to, you know, hopefully not make me spend an hour explaining things. Um, but if I've, you know, if I've done my job well enough and 
written in good instructions, then hopefully that won't happen. But that that can make it hard to hand things off for a lot of authors. Yeah. And I know there's a level of personal investment when you're doing things like this, where it's like, but I want to do that because I feel that I'm the best person to do that. Or I want to do that because I enjoy doing that. Or like you said, there's a comfort level and there's a security level that goes with it too. And I think a lot of people don't think about the fact of, you know, when an author goes through traditional publishing, they kind of take care of all the things and you write and then you wait. And when you're doing indie authors, it's when you're an indie author, there's just, there's so much more because ultimately it all does come down to you as the author of not just putting the words on the page, but like you said, making sure the credit card's not expired <laughs> for the ads. And, uh, you know, there, there's even beyond the, the writing, beyond the publishing side of it. Um, what do you spend most of your time on other than the writing? Where do you spend the bulk of your time? Probably, well, hmm. I would say it's the, the miscellaneous admin things, the, the things like making sure that my paperbacks are all the same price and making sure that um, that they're all still on Amazon. I actually have one paperback that Amazon will not lift. I have it with Ingram and no matter what I do, they will not put it for sale. And so I'm going to have to upload an, another instance of it directly with Amazon because they will not list Ingram's copy for some unknown reason. They, they list the hardcover, but they will not list the paperback and they won't tell me why. So it's, it's those types of things, the random um, little bits of usually financial related. So, um, you know, audiobook pricing, running sales, running, dis running discounts, um, things like, you know, book bubs or Terp deals, those types of things that are more financially related, those things, I, I, still, I still do most of those, or at least I control parts of them. Like, I'm, I'm going to start having one of my PAs submit my books to BookBub for me, but I still have to put in the price change. I still have to make sure that I actually revert the price change after the sale, because when I went through that weekend and was auditing all my prices, I found one book that was still 99 cents and had been 99 cents for probably eight months, and I had not intended that to happen. And when you have, how many books do you have? How many titles do you have listed? Uh, I went through the other day, I think live titles right now, I have 39. Um, I have a lot of things that have been like in anthologies uh, that are unpublished or in anthologies that have then been republished. Uh, but actually, no, because the list that I submitted for Charm City had 39. I have like 43 live titles because I mm -hmm. didn't list a couple of like the little short stories that I have up. That's still a lot. It's a lot to manage. It's a lot to, yeah. you know, kind of keep track of. Yes. And, and when each of those titles is on five different retailers, that's just magnify it by a lot. <laughs> so talk about that too, because you said five different retailers. And I think most people are familiar with Indie, author, indie authors publishing, 
Jeez, it's been a long day. Indie authors publishing on Amazon. So what are the other markets that you find out there that you use as an indie author? What other networks are out there? So I, I publish wide, which means my books are not in Kindle Unlimited. Uh, and so I publish on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Google Play, Apple, and Kobo. So those those are where all where my books are. Kobo, um, also, well, a couple of the retailers also then you know distribute to other foreign uh, retailers or you know out of the country retailers. Um, so, but five different sites I have to go upload every single ebook to, and then audiobooks. I my audiobooks are everywhere, including and. My books are also available for libraries to order through a couple of different places. Um, some other India, some some indie authors also publish the Smashwords, which is now owned by Draft to Digital. Uh, and then some authors use Draft to Digital to distribute to everyone but Amazon. Uh, and then other indie authors go direct to all of the different sites. I go direct just because when I started going direct, Draft to Digital didn't exist. <laughs> so. Um, and there are certain advantages or certain things that going direct gets you. And then there are actually a, equally advantages that publishing through draft to digital gets you. So it's it's six one half dozen of the other in terms of which is better. Uh, but I've just always gone gone direct with everybody. And when you have it out there on that many platforms, you're keeping track of them on every single platform. It's not like it just does the one and then you're done and then it's right. Wow. You See, I'm learning things. <laughs> what, Julie? You have a sale. You've got to go update it on five places. Yep. Yep. And and most most sites, luckily, um, every site other than Amazon lets you schedule sale prices and schedule when they start and schedule when they end, which is very nice because that means that it's only possible on Amazon to forget to turn your sale price back to the regular price. <laughs> They like to make things easy, right? Yep. <laughs> I, I can see the sarcasm dripping through the screen right now. <laughs> yeah, Amazon has been, um, um, the, the, the Zon's been a, yeah. Mm. Anyway, we don't know who's watching this. So I didn't say anything yeah. about Amazon. Nothing, nothing at all, ever. <laughs> the, way, the way that I look at it is uh, really kind of a lot like I look at Starbucks. Um, I mean, I live in Seattle, so Starbucks is a local company. I don't actually like their coffee. I, I've never found their coffee to taste great, um, especially not compared to, say, my local coffee shop's coffee. But at the same time, I can recognize that Starbucks basically created the gourmet coffee industry. Without Starbucks, my local coffee shops would not exist. Right. So I can look at them and go, your coffee may not be for me, but I really appreciate what you did for the industry. Yes. And Amazon made it possible for indie authors to be seen and to publish and to find readers. And so, yeah, you know, there, there are a lot of things. There are things about every company, books, cars, mobile phones, whatever. There are things about every company in the world that you can yeah. say are not the greatest. But I do look at Amazon and say, Amazon yeah. allowed me to have a career. That's how I got started. So. Uh, it if it wasn't for Amazon, I'm going to be honest, Kindle Unlimited is what got me through the pandemic, um, being able to just grab things that I could read. And 
at, you know, at one point I was reading 20 books a month. And if I had to go and buy every single one of those books at a Barnes and Noble or something, I never would have read them. Um, And then a friend of mine said that uh, Kindle was created to allow bashful romance readers to read in public. (laughs) And I thought, what? And it was true. (laughs) It's like, wow, okay. I kind of, I kind of understand that because at first I was not, I wasn't out as a romance reader for probably eight months after I started reading. And, you know, Patricia, I don't know how much you know about with my background. I didn't start reading romance until March of 2020. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I'm a relative newbie in this whole thing. I know Ron's been reading romance since like, you know, well, probably since she's been reading. Um, Cause yeah. And Julie's been reading romance for years. And Susie, I think Susie, you started about the same time I did, right? Pandemic. Yeah. COVID. Yeah. Uh-huh. A friend of mine who's a writer and writes shifter romances, put one of her books in my hand and said, stop watching the news and read my book. And well, I wanted to drink alcohol and I was told, no, go read a book. Right? <laughs> but I'm sure he regrets those words now. <laughs> Yep, because now you're part of a whole community of uh, indie authors and indie author readers that, um, yeah, we're a bunch, aren't we? Your poor husband. (laughs) Julie, you had a question that came up. How does social media play into your work as an author, as an indie author? Oh, social media is the thing everyone loves to hate, I think. It's necessary and it can be fun, but it can also be a lot of work and a lot of distraction. So I I tend to stay out of a lot of the drama filled spaces. Um, again, like every company in the world has issues, every space in the world can occasionally have drama. And I, I know that it is very easy to get tucked into a lot of stuff like that on social media. So I, I tend to post and run <laughs> a lot of times and then just interact with, with anyone who comments on one of my posts. Um, I do love my reader group. I spend a lot of time in my reader group. Um, I've, I've built what I think is a, a pretty supportive and understanding community in there and so that's that's the exception for me is sometimes i will just sometimes i'll go there when i'm having a bad day and ask for cute animal pictures and funny memes and things like that uh but for social media everywhere else uh twitter TikTok, instagram uh even my facebook page it's for me it's a lot of hands-off um i have my pas handling my a lot of my Facebook page and Instagram. And then I just interact. I comment, I respond to comments, things like that. Uh, because I do, I feel very strongly that that readers should hear from me and that readers should be able to get to know me through social media, at least a little bit. But I have to balance it with the amount of time that I have and the amount of time that it takes to actually write and the amount of focus it takes to actually write. Mm -hmm. And you have a full-time job. I just, (laughs) it's, I can't imagine. Like, do you sleep? (laughs) 
I do. I do. Um, I, I have ADHD and I do actually think that that is sort of my superpower because I can do multiple things at once. If I'm not multitasking, I'm not being productive. So I can write while I'm watching TV. I can write, I can take a break from my day job and go spend 15 minutes and write and then go right back to my day job and usually get right back into it. So I, I do a lot of things like that, especially now with the pandemic, I work from home. So it's very easy to just shut my my work laptop and pick up my personal laptop and go sit on the couch for 15 or 20 minutes. Um, if, you know, if inspiration strikes, unless I have a meeting, my, my job is flexible enough that they just want me to do my work. So if I need yeah. to take a break in the middle of the day, they're all good with that, um, which is is wonderful. And I'm very thankful for that. But um, but yeah, I think ADHD is is it can be a challenge. But in this case, it is it really is sort of a superpower. I love that so much. You have no idea how much I love hearing that because it, we joke about ADHD and ADD. My brain squirrels. That's that's the big thing in my household and with my friends is that I'm doing something and then nope, I'm off to do something else. Um, I can't write and listen to the TV at the same time. I will literally type what I hear coming from the screen. Um, and authors don't tend to like that when I'm editing. <laughs> when they go back and they look and they're like, "What? What were you watching? What were you listening to?" That, like, never mind. That makes no sense. Um, so I tend not to do that. But that going back and forth and being able to say, "I'm going to do a little bit of this. I'm going to do a little bit of that. I'm going to come back to it." When the inspiration strikes, being able to say, "Here's the idea." You know, the brain squirrels are at the rave. Let's go do the things so we can get it out of the head and go back to focus on something else. Um, would you say one of the other nice things about being an indie author is that the deadline is your deadline? Yes, definitely. Although, I mean, there are still deadlines you can't um, get out of a, a lot of times. Like I, I try and put up pre-orders. So when I release one book, I put the pre-order up for the next book. And you can't set a pre-order out more than a year. And so there's always that deadline of, okay, well, within a year, I have to get the next book in this series written. And since I have multiple series going, I try and alternate. And so that can that can sometimes be a little a little stressful. Or things like um, when you when you want to do a simultaneous release of audio and your ebook, you have to get the audio done well in advance because and you have to book the audio well in advance because the narrators book book up and they can book up six eight ten months in advance so it's things like that 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 still require you to occasionally do a lot of juggling but at the same time if if i don't get a book done or if the characters simply aren't talking to me it's only me who has to deal with the consequences and so that is a lot less pressure, maybe a lot more pressure in the same, at the same time. But like, I'm not, I'm not putting a contract in jeopardy. I'm not putting future books in jeopardy because I could not fulfill the contract I signed with the publisher or things like that. So it's, it's good and bad at the same time. Yeah, definitely. I can see that. I, I know a lot of authors do pre-orders. And it's, it's to keep them on track. It's, I know I have this and I have to have it done by, so I have to do all the things that lead up to it. And it's the, you know, you're drafting and you're editing and you're 
getting the, the like you said, the cover and formatting and um, do you, if you do arcs, if you do arc reads and, you know, moving that into the schedule also, um, do you, you, so you get, you do a pre-order for everything. I, I have over the past three or four years. Yes. And, yeah. and, and it is possible. I've thought about it occasionally, just dropping a live release here and there uh, just to, to potentially take pressure off myself, but I am the type of person who needs a deadline in order mm -hmm. to, to write um, at least a lot of times, or at least in order to finish something. I, I was always the person who in college, I would write my papers at 3 a.m. The day, the day they were due. And so, you know, I, I need the pressure of that deadline to, to focus. Um, otherwise mm -hmm. my brain, again, just, you know, shiny squirrels running through it and I will start 18 different books and not finish any of them and they'll all have like three chapters and then I won't go anywhere with them so I like this shiny squirrels <laughs> Squirrel. how many books do you write a year on average um I, I want to say four really I mean again on on average my ideal I would love to write five like that is always, that's been my goal the past few years, but pandemic, stress, just at, at this point, if I get three full length books out and maybe a novella, I'm thrilled. Um, mm -hmm. Plus, I always like to leave myself a little room in case there is just a, either a character who will not leave me alone and who is just demanding all of my attention, or if there is some sort of special project um, you know, an anthology is something for charity mm -hmm. that I want to be involved in. I, I try and give myself at least a little leeway uh, so that I can do things like that. Ron, did you have any other questions or things that came up? No, I, I was just in awe of the publishing schedule <laughs> because three three a year is pretty is a pretty aggressive schedule. I know that that Julie's nodding because I know that other, she has authors who do more than that i don't know how you do it <laughs> you're going <laughs> but they there, there, there are days job. I, well i mean that is their full-time job but they don't have like patricia has a full-time job on top oh, of this other full-time job she's got going on right right i mean we i work for avery so i i know that we've done four in a year and it just about made us our heads spin <laughs> so i mean i and she had to write it i just had to to manage the teams and it, it was aggressive so i my hat my hat's off to you if you can work a full-time job and do that too <laughs> you feel there's an expectation from readers sometimes to have a certain number of books out or the next book or how does that come into play for you as an author there can be but really a lot of it is about managing those expectations I have, I have told my readers over and over again that this is more or less the schedule. And, and when I put the pre-orders up and they're out a year, uh, usually what I tell my readers is my goal is always to get them out earlier than one year from you know the last book. But at the same time, the characters have to talk to me. And I also have to write all the other series because once you start a series, Readers want the next one, which completely understandable. I want the next one. Uh, so 
a lot of it is just managing those expectations. And I try and be open with, especially my reader group and my newsletter subscribers to say, hey, this, I am really struggling with this book and it's taking me a little longer than I expected. And so it's definitely not going to come out until one year after the last one, or, hey, this book is going really well. I should be able to release this early. So just to, to keep them updated, to say, yeah, this is my goal. Here is my, here's my publishing, like, best guess. I, I, I've stopped doing publishing schedules, like actually publishing a publishing schedule, uh, mm -hmm. because I will inevitably, something will happen and I will be delayed or I will change things or some new character will demand my time. So I just do, hey, this is what I'm hoping to do this year. And, you know, make sure you follow my Facebook page or follow mm -hmm. my, you know, join my reader group for updates, things like that. I love those bossy characters. The ones who are like, no, no, my book's next. I think those are the most fun to read. Um, just because yeah. it's like, you, there's such a, um, there's an energy with a book like that where you're like, it's just that they would not shut up. So now they have their book and I love that. Julie, you had another I, question? Okay. Just all of a sudden it popped in my head. Have, have you had a character that you had zero plans of writing a book for and they decided that they were going to have a book, whether you liked it or not? Um, let's see. I pretty much, most of my characters, I had some idea that, that, I would like to write their books. Whether or not I necessarily planned on it is a completely different thing. Uh, the my, my latest release uh, featured a character that was really, he was only in two chapters of a past book, but I just, I couldn't let him go. And I mean, he was interesting. I, I wrote him into that past book because I thought he was interesting and because I really wanted to know more about him. But I had no idea at that time if he would ever get his own book or how he would get his own book or what his story would be. Um, so trying to think of just through all of my series. Um, I, I do know that there are some side characters in some of my paranormal romances that I did not intend to have books at the start at all, but then by you know, the second book in the PNR series, I was fascinated by them and went, no, I have to write something for them. Like I have a whole series idea of, of you know, little novellas uh, for one of my female vampire characters because she just, as like the first book, she didn't even exist. The second book, when I started writing her, you know, she was just a character, I liked her. But by the end of that book, I'm like, no, she, she's got, she's got history. She, I mean, plus, 800 year old vampire there's tons of to explore there um so it's it's things like that where maybe at the start of the book i didn't intend them to have a a book of their own but by the end it was like nope nope they're gonna have to have something at some point are you a one book at a time author or do you have multiples in process at the same time it, it sort of depends. When I finish a book, I will usually start at least two others and then see which one speaks to me uh, or see which characters decide that they want to talk. Uh, because a lot of times, I mean, I have so many ideas and so many, 
Like I have a whole series planned out that I think is seven books. And I know all the characters. I know what they do. I know their their love interest names and and what they do. But I don't haven't met any of them yet. Um, and last month I just had a flash of nope. This is how these two meet. All right. Well, I'm just going to write that down. And if if they had continued to talk to me really loudly, I would have switched from the book that I'm currently writing to their book. But they just wanted to, they just wanted me to get down their, their meet cute scene. And then they're like, okay, we can, we can be quiet for a while. So I'm like, okay, I'll go back to this other one. I, I have occasionally written two books at once, but um, not, I don't do that reliably. I, I think that's why I've never finished a book because I'm not a writer. I'm definitely an editor because I have like 30 ideas scattered around in different notebooks and things that are like, you know, there's a chapter here. There is a couple of lines there. None of them mesh with anything else and they're never going anywhere. <laughs> so I, I love that you can say, you know, well, I'm going to start a little bit here. I'm going to start a little bit there and I'm going to see where it goes and then come back to it and come up with a full flushed out complete story maybe someday <laughs> not anytime soon so you've I, got an I have oh Go I have one file that I use for all of these like little random snippets and so they're all in one place and so again like if I get stuck on what I'm working on sometimes I'll flip over to that file and see if anybody wants to talk type thing doesn't That's always awesome. work but sometimes sometimes yeah but you know what you have it which is cool yeah. because I think for me it's that um yeah, no, that's not going anywhere. We're just going to kind of push that off to the side there, start something else. Ron's laughing at me. Stop laughing at me. She's, <laughs> I know what you're thinking. Stop it. No, I have 27 notebooks. <laughs> but I'm old, so they, they think they've been accumulating a while. Yeah, I buy notebooks I, and I, I use them. I haven't counted mine, and I'm not going to because, yeah. Oh, I don't blame you that that would be a very that would be a bad thing for me to do I know they're around and I'm like mm, you know we're just gonna <laughs> so you we've got an event coming up in March in Charm City so how do the book events play into what you do as an author I love the book events um I I don't do the book events with an expectation that I'm going to make a lot of money from them um I do them because I love talking to readers and I love hanging out with other authors and just seeing people, uh, especially now when we don't leave our houses all that often anymore. So yeah, book events are, are just, they are a ton of fun. And, and I think every single book event that I've done, every signing that I've done, um, I, the best part is a reader who has never read you before, never met you, but you know they're just walking by your table and either your banner or your covers or something urges them to stop and you just talk to them and realize that hey you know this book would be would be perfect for you this is exactly what you like to read here have at it and and to you know find your next biggest fan at just by random it is just it's wonderful and it's just there's an energy to events and to signings that just you don't find anywhere else. And yeah, I, it's just so much fun. 
But I guess, you know, that's also another thing is that being an author, I think sometimes can be kind of lonely. It's you and your characters and your page. And then we had COVID, which made things even more lonely, um, except for, you know, the social media all the time. And it has its downfall, certainly, but excuse me, at the same time, it has that community element to it. So I love that you said going to book events is something that it's getting you out to see other people and the expectation there is making the connections and yes. not just with readers, but with other authors too, because uh, yeah, it's kind of a solitary life being a writer. Um, it's, it's just, it's you and the words and the page. So mm -hmm. I love that. How many events do you use typically do a year? Um, well, again, COVID sort of messed all of that yeah. up. Um, I think the most, well, okay. In 2020, I was actually supposed to do five and I did none. Actually, no, I did one because one happened before the pandemic. Uh, so that was, that was a lot. I was, uh, I was a little nervous about that, uh, when I booked all of them and, and a lot of it is just, I am not to be trusted with my own calendar. I have instructed my PA to, um, that I, I basically, I need to run everything by her first so that she can say, no, this is a bad idea. Remember, you have two other events that month or, you know, things like that. Uh, because I, I end up booking myself into back-to-back -back weekends, which is very tiring and very long. And I did it last year and swore I would never do it again. And then I did it again this year. So fun times. Uh, Are you but doing Denver? I mean, Yes, I'm doing Denver. So I am I am flying from Seattle to Baltimore. Then I'm flying back. I have three days at home and then I'm flying to Denver. Denver. Wow. So yes, that that is going to be a lot. Uh, but at, at the same time, it, it's I love the events. Like it, it's yeah. it's exhausting getting to them, like getting up to them in the couple of weeks leading up to them doing pre-orders, getting everything shipped out, making sure I have enough swag and books and all of that. Um, but the events themselves are just so energizing. So Yay. it's worth it. I, I think three to four a year is, is <laughs> plenty. Um, three is probably my, my happy spot <laughs> overall. Um, and so far this year, I only have three. So we'll see. I'm, I'm hoping to do one more. So we'll see. I like the way the threes are working three books a year, three events a year. This, there's a nice little triad going on there. So, I, oh gosh, it's eight o'clock already. What other questions did you guys have? I know there were a couple of other things that came up and anything else that jogged your mind or the, the burning questions that you have to know. I'm going to do the whole owl thing, you know, where they sit there and they look <laughs> at you with their head spinning and waiting for an answer. I think we went over a lot. Yeah. Susie, you, there was one other question that had come up that I saw that you had. Yeah. I know we're always like typing and adding things. If you could pass a piece of advice to a new indie author, what would it be? Oh my goodness. I would say, hmm. I mean, there's so there, there's so many things I could say. I I think the most important thing is that you are the only one who can write the stories, and so 
there, there's a lot of advice out there. Um, if you are an author and when you become an author, you will get a lot of advice, uh, much of it unsolicited, some of it very solicited, but you need to decide what is right for you and what is right for you and what is right for another author may be two very, very different things. And there's nothing wrong with that. Just because I publish three books a year or four books a year does not mean that any other author should publish that number of books. Just because someone, one author can write 10 books a year does not mean that you are a failure if you can only write one. Like there's nothing wrong with that. Everyone has their own journey. And it is very, very important that at the end of the day, you are the one who is happy. And so if you are happy with the story that you are writing, if you are happy with the schedule that you have set for yourself, if you, if you are happy, if you're happy with your sales, like maybe you don't sell that much, but you are just happy to get any sales. Like there's nothing wrong with that. Not everyone needs to write to make a million dollars or to quit their day job or any of that the end of the day, you are the only one who needs to be happy with what you are doing. Thank you for saying that. Cause I know I work with a lot of new authors and there's a lot of thought out there of, I have to be as good as, or I'm not a success. And having an established author who's been doing this for 10 years, who has a backlist that has so much variety in it and, that has so many readers. And then to hear that, I think that's so valuable for somebody who's just starting their journey now to hear, because it can be very competitive. You know, we, we like to post about, you know, look at the numbers and look at the sales and look at this, and that can be, um, it's wonderful. I want to celebrate that every time it happens, every orange banner, I want to celebrate for everybody, every number that comes up, I want to celebrate for everybody, but for a new author to hear it's your journey mm -hmm. yep. is and and really your definition of success can change and that's fine too i mean maybe when you start out all you want to do is is make someone's life better or tell someone's story and maybe in five years you come up with an income goal maybe you don't either way um my my definition of success has changed a lot in 10 years and, and it will change again. And that's fine too. I love that. Goals are something that you reach for that you want to achieve, but they're never set in stone. There's always a way to change something so that it matches what you want to do, where you want to be. I love that. Thank you so much. Do you guys have Thank any you. other quick questions before we jump off? I thought I was, Think we've got oh, thank you, Maggie. I'm excited to see you. Yeah, me too. Yeah, how many days, Susie? 37. <laughs> 37 Sorry. days. So, yeah. What? What was that, Julie? I need to get some pajamas. <laughs> I... Yes. So, oh, yeah. Did you did you choose pajamas for the pajama Ramapalooza? Not yet. Not yet. I uh, I need to go shopping, and I hate shopping, like really, really hate shopping. Same. I'll be on the. I'm not shopping, like out in the real world with people. 
I've gotten a couple of things from Amazon and I'm like, mm, nope, that's not it. It goes to Kohl's to go back to Amazon or one mm. of the spawns will say, oh, I like that. And I'm like, push it in that direction. <laughs> <laughs> I have the shoes, <laughs> I have shoes, but I don't have my pajamas yet. <laughs> well, fantastic. Patricia, thank you so much for joining us, for chatting with us, for sharing with us. I am so excited to see you in 37 days and um I, yeah i'm just really excited for that to to be there with my stalker sisters to be there with the authors who are going to be there who are in many different places in their journey uh, like i said we have some really baby authors who are going to be there and i think a huge value for me and i know for for the rest of us as organizers is giving them the opportunity to like you said to network to interact to hear from authors who've been there and done that and whose goals have changed and whose definitions of success have changed so it's not this you're, you've got to stay on this straight trajectory it, it's kind of like that you know success started here and wanted to go here and it kind of went all over the place and eventually kind of got there uh, but I'm super excited about having this amazing group of authors who are from very different levels of experience, very different types of books that you write and, and all being in the same place. And I'm just going to fangirl a lot. It's going to be like a huge fangirl weekend for me, uh, for all of us, I think. Um, but anything else you wanted to share before we jump off? No, I, this, is, this has been great. Thank you for having me. Um, actually, no, there is one other thing for readers. Um, and I get this, I, I've seen this a number of places. Um, people will post sometimes in my reader group. Sometimes I'll just see a random post on Facebook. Um, if you find a book and you love it and it changes your life or it just touches you in a way that is just special, email the author and tell them. Like we, a lot of times I think readers put authors up on this pedestal and, and make us larger than life and we are not we are we are readers too and we are just as as awkward and and insecure and sometimes awkward uh, socially you know social anxiety and things like that as anybody else and there is there is nothing better or there is there is there's nothing that can turn your day around as an author more than getting an email from a reader who says thank you for writing this book so if if you have that book, whatever book it is that is just special to you, never be shy about going up to an author, emailing the author and saying, hey, thank you. This book was awesome. I loved it. It, it can really make an author's day. And, and again, we, we are real people. We have all the same problems and all the same challenges as everyone else. We just have this public faith that we put on and sometimes just yeah sometimes that email can just turn our days around so yes i agree 100 percent. send yeah. the email make the comment make the post that lets your favorite author know or the new author that you found or the author that's your kind of your old steady that lets them know that you you appreciate what they wrote and then it touched you and then it, it helped you through a difficult time or it made you laugh when you needed to or cry when you needed to or you know you found a new book boyfriend that's or a new book bestie 
through the books. So I think that's really important and really good for readers to know. Definitely. Patricia, thank you so, so, so very much. Um, I can't, like I said, can't wait to see you in 37 days in March. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Oh, thank you.